Another cross-border clash and another defeat for Mexican football as Major League Soccer's best outlast their Liga Mekis counterparts. We got all the reaction from a news-filled night in Los Angeles. Greg Berhalter and Tata Martino have both released their rosters for the upcoming qualifiers. Who's in, who's out, and who is most likely to make a difference with a World Cup ticket on the line. On that front, no bigger news than Ricardo Pepe's decision to represent the United States and not Mexico. We'll break down how big a deal it is for the United States, how big a loss it is for Mexico, starting now. This is Football Americas. Let's go, man, let's go. Let's do it. Welcome to the show alongside Hercules Gomez. I'm Sevi Salazar. Look at you, man, looking fresh after what I know was a, was it a hard day of work or like a hard day of fun at the All-Star Game? Did you actually do any work while you were there with our producer, Beto? I, I did a lot of work. We did a lot oh, of work. Okay. Producer Beto and I were actually working all you people, the thousands and thousands of fans that kept yelling <laughs> Football Americas, Tuesday night at the uh, Skills Challenge and Wednesday night at the All-Star Game. Thank you. It was great meeting you guys, Wow, honestly. wow. Yes, uh, hey, we don't have time to waste today. Uh, literally, this is the day that broke all the news in soccer. We got, we got Champions League groups. We got everything to get to from, uh, from U.S. men's national team roster drops. As we start this show, we're still waiting for the Mexican roster to drop. Who knows when it'll happen? We hope it'll happen within the hour that we are with you live here on Football Americas. And, of course, all of that will end up on the podcast, which you can download uh, in the ESPN FC, wherever you do get your podcast. But, Herc, I, I feel compelled to start this show with what feels like kind of the, the cloud hanging over or the big elephant in the room when it comes to these CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers. That's the announcements this week from both the Premier League and Serie A that they're not going to release their players. And I don't know that La Liga is not uh, too far behind in this to so-called red list countries uh, because of COVID. As you'll see, there's quite a few teams, quite a few countries in CONCACAF that are on these red lists when it comes to COVID-19, Herc. So if you know, we'll talk about the, the impact on the U.S., the impact on Mexico specifically in just a minute. But if we look beyond the first round of matches and into the second round of matches, and if things don't change when it comes to COVID-19 in these countries and being on this red list, you're looking at a qualifying cycle without the biggest stars in the confederation. Um, can we really look at this as a fair and just way to do a World Cup qualifier if this is going to be the case without the best players? No. It's a competitive advantage for those countries that aren't well harshly hard done by this rule or by by what's going on right now i mean it's not a footballing or sporting law let's put that out there Let, let's just get make that clear these are the governments this is the uk this is them saying these red list and uh, well, i should say not just the uk because area has joined and so has la liga um there but but it's a health issue but certain countries are favored in this health issue. It's, it's so unfair when I think about it. Uruguay, for example, is on this list, right? Four million is the population of Uruguay. Texas, California, Florida, higher, higher COVID cases, less, less vaccination rates than, than Uruguay, yet the United States isn't on this list. It's, it's a competitive mm. advantage for some countries, and it's really unfair. A lot of these countries are going to be very hard done, if we're talking about soccer-wise, sporting-wise, when it comes to this. 
Yeah, a lot of that comes down to the schedules, right? Like, who are you playing and where are you going? And, and you're going to see as we break down this impact from both a U.S. and Mexico standpoint, um, it's going to affect Mexico quite a bit in these early stages, and it's not going to affect the U.S. Herc, um, for Mexico, when you look at just Premier League and Serie A, immediate, obvious names, Chucky Lozano, Raul Jimenez, yeah. uh, those losses are not unprecedented. But they are huge for Mexico at the beginning of a qualifying cycle. Absolutely. Of course they're huge. But how about Mexico's opponent, Jamaica? <laughs> They've got a lot of players. The Premier League, the championship, they'll be very hard done. This is going to hurt everybody in CONCACAF in some shape or form. Ironically, it won't hurt the U.S. that much. But if you think about Mexico, Raul Jimenez just came back. He's just showing his fitness. You want him there. You want him available for a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons. Chucky Lozano is by far your most, I would say, productive player. Without saying he's the best player, because he's got a case of being the best player, but he's easily the most productive player you have. And now you may not have him. That's a big loss. Yeah, you think about it from a Mexican perspective, it, it is a big loss. It's kind of what this team was, though, at the end of the Gold Cup. Once Chucky goes down, that's who Mexico is. And, and if that's the case, sure, you can sprinkle in some Olympic guys. Um, but you hope that's the solution because the Mexico that we saw in the Gold Cup was not effective, Herc. It really wasn't effective in front of goal. They may advance and they may have beat some people. But, but when you got to the quality games, the finishing wasn't there. And that's what worries me because it's a lot of the same opponents. Yeah. And, and who's going to be the most criticized there? It's Rogelio Funes Mori. And Rogelio Funes Mori. And justifiably so. Justifiably it may be so. justifiably so, but he will continue to be the most criticized there. Now you have Henry Martin, who hasn't exactly lit it up at the senior national team level. Alain Pulido, the same thing. I mean, those, both these players have less than a handful of goals since 2015, 2014. So it really makes you wonder who can step up. Will it be a JJ Macias? Will it be uh, an Alexis Vega playing out of position? It really makes you wonder what Tata Martino will do, or Martino, excuse me, will do when he can't count on Raul Jimenez. We know that he's not been informed or he's not been with the Mexican national team. Chucky Lozano, we know he's the most productive player they have. So where will he turn to? Yeah, you look at Mexico's schedule, right? Jamaica, where we know will be in an empty Azteca that, you know, reduced from a two-match ban to a one-match ban on fans. Then they go to Costa Rica and Panama, both on the red list. The opposite of that, Herc, is the U.S. The U.S. is at El Salvador and Honduras, not on the red list, and they got a home game against Canada. So, uh, really, for the U.S., it's almost a massive competitive advantage in that this round, they'll have pretty much all their players, and they won't lose anybody because of this. I, I mean... Perfect start for Greg Berhalter and company in that regard. I mean, the, the competitive balance shifts, right? Depending on what country you play in or what country you're from. And that's a really unfair way of thinking when you're competing for a World Cup spot. When you're competing to play in the World Cup. The, the pinnacle, the ultimate goal of any footballer. So when you think about that, some guys are already behind the eight ball. Some teams are already behind the eight ball. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow for some of these guys. All right, so, so let's not be a uh, pessimist here. Let, let's come up with a solution. Um, is there a good solution? Like, what, what could you do here? I think the first thing that pops to mind to me is either some type of bubble scenario, which probably would be in the United States, right? Something along those lines. You could just recurringly come back to a place like Orlando. Or maybe what may end up happening was what used to be done back in the day, a one-off tournament. And, and that could really be interesting, a real equalizer across the field to, to see who gets into the World Cup. I don't, I don't know as far as the U.S. government, as far as CONCACAF, what could be done there. We may see a situation where they'll give these teams the choice, like mm -hmm. we saw in the Champions League, to play in a neutral site. Like if it's your choice because 
in Mexico uh, it's red or in Jamaica it's red or whatever you might be to move the game to a neutral venue and play at full strength or just decide, you know what, we'll, we'll play at home. We're going to miss these players. That's the way it's going to be for us until something happens, till these bans are lifted. Give them that choice. Uh, that's, that's one of the few, I guess, solutions, if you can call it that, that I can think of. So Mexico World Cup qualifiers in a neutral venue in the United States? Is that what you're suggesting? That's what I'm suggesting. And, and, you, know, and you know that's what they're thinking as well. Yep, yep. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think anybody would be uh, would be worse off for it. Um, one more, yeah. So let's get let's get to the news then. Thursday morning's big news, um, which is the U.S. roster drop. We knew it was coming. We knew it was coming right around 11:30 a.m. Eastern time, which was right before our production meeting. So we, we had a good chance to react to this. Before we get to what I what we'll say, snubs, surprises, and Pepe. Let's leave that off for a second. Um, housekeeping, 26 players, nine from Major League Soccer. Herc, I don't know if that was a surprising number, either small or big to you. And then I think the other note is Christian Pulisic, who Greg Berhalter told us uh, today was day-to-day. He's still in quarantine. But none of the three games were ruled out today from Greg Berhalter. So I think if you're a, if you're a U.S. fan, you, you've got a lot of hope that Pulisic may indeed, in some capacity, be available um, for all three. Anything else from the roster jump out to you? Yeah, the youth, how young it is. And what I mean by young isn't so much age, but the inexperience. Only six players have World Cup qualifying experience. So that, that's something to keep an eye on. This is still a very young team. Don't look at Tim Ream. This is still a very, very young team. Don't look at Tim Ream, he says. Yeah, um, there's a few players that definitely uh, bring that average up. There you see the three goalies, Ethan Horvath, Zach Steffen, and Matt Turner. A, a competition that I will be very interesting to see how it plays out, Herb, right? Because you've got three games. In theory, you could even go as far to, and I'm not just stirring the pot here, give each one a start and say that each start was earned. You could honestly say that, and it may honestly be a wash. I yeah. mean, as if you're thinking about the three and their performances, performance, excuse me, as of late that we, the fans, we, the pundits, have gotten to see, yeah. I think it's an open competition. I think you can make yeah. a case that maybe Mark, Matt Turner has... An edge on a couple of these guys, and it sounds crazy to say that, but I think it's an open competition. Yeah, if you're going off like hot hand, we've just seen more of Turner of late, and I think there, there's always going to be the question with Zach Steffen, has he played enough? Um, whether whether and how Same Greg with Berhalter. Yep, whether and how Greg Berhalter answers those questions uh, will be the big decision. So let's get to the surprises. For me, there's one very big one. Was there one very big one for you? Uh, yeah, there's a few. George Bello, because he's so inexperienced, so young, but he had a great, you know, Gold Cup final against Mexico. Tecatito Corona, I mean, I don't think Tecatito's had a, a, a player mark him that well in CONCACAF and probably his whole CONCACAF career. If you think mm-hmm. about it, he's been taking advantage of people, if not Astrogino Dest in New Jersey. That was not George Bello. George Bello put him in his pocket. All right, what about uh, Conrad De La Fuente? Because to me, that was the biggest surprise. Not that Conrad De La Fuente is an exciting player, but really her... Um, one cap and like three senior league appearances in his professional career. He's playing well right now for Marseille, no doubt about it, but for me, this is a little bit out of nowhere considering we didn't see him this summer. Hold up, hold up a second. That one uh, cap, he was still with Barcelona. He was uh, training with the first team, trying to get those first team minutes, those first team reps. It didn't happen. He's now at Olympique de Marseille, and by the way, okay, he's still a young kid. He's only 20 years of age. 
He's the type of guy that 1v1 will skill you. Yes, he's got a long way to go tactically in the setup and the combination play, but this makes sense to me. He's had a great preseason with Olympique. Uh, he's been a starter in every single pre-season, game. Preseason, preseason. He's been a starter in every single game. This is a guy that can be a great change of pace off the bench. It makes sense to me. These are these are World Cup qualifiers. I, to, to say it on preseason, it's a really. It's a really small sample size. It's a really small sample size. He's got no competitive appearances for the U.S. Um, so let's see. Another name for me that was a surprise, maybe in the negative, Matthew Hoppy. I thought Matthew Hoppy had an awesome gold cup. I thought he proved that he could absolutely help you, if not through the middle, out wide. Like every time he touched the ball in the gold cup, this guy was dangerous. How is he not in the best 26 hurt? Okay, so obviously Greg Berhalter does not see him as a nine, sees him as a wide player. Matthew Hoppy's also in this limbo situation with this club, so this doesn't surprise me. Uh, you you got to let him sort that out, and, and you can't just sign, go somewhere, and all of a sudden say, hey, by the way, I'm leaving, if you're not an established player. He's also right now in Bundesliga, too. I don't mind this. Look at the players who are in front of him. I mean, who do we have in front of Matthew Hoppy? You're going to have Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna. You're going to have, uh, who else do you have? on Brendan Aronson, who's been absolutely on fire. Timmy Weah. Uh, he had a great gold cup. Okay, but versus Gold Cup opponents. Okay, these other players have been doing it at a higher level. So with this club situation, I think it lends himself for maybe it's between him and Conrad. And if Conrad's already established in that club situation, maybe Greg Berhalter had a conversation with him. You know what? Fix your club situation. We'll go from there. Look, you want to sing George Bellows' praises? How does he get the call up? He probably gets it it on surprise. I told you it was a surprise. And doesn't he get it on Gold Cup performance? But you asked me if it was a surprise. I said, yeah, that surprised me. Okay. Uh, what about George Bello? Uh, is it a surprise because he's there or because of the position? Because I think what's really interesting is, you know, you basically look at him, Dest, you got two or three outside backs, everybody else that they brought in on defense, and he brought 10 defenders. He's got seven players who are all center backs or yeah. potentially center backs in a back three. Does that tell us kind of what formation we of think we're going to see Of course it tells you US? what formation he's looking at. He's yeah. looking at probably working at a three center back formation and players who could potentially be part of that. I was also surprised that James Sands is on this list. Not that James Sands is a bad player, but I didn't think he had a great gold cup. Once the competition got stiffer, I thought he struggled. Even in the All-Star game yesterday, you saw there's still some things in his game sometimes where maybe he's a little overconfident. Maybe he's not um, as great a defender as you think. He's very good passing out of the back, but maybe sometimes that'll get you in trouble. I was surprised that maybe a Chris Richards, for example, wasn't Mm. on this list. Chris Richards, I... I know it's a club situation, kind of like like Hoppy. It's one of those situations. And if that's not the reason, Chris Richards is a very good passing back, physically capable. I mean, he's getting first-team reps with Bayern Munich, uh, Hoffenheim last season. Uh, this, is, this is a kid that you would expect to be there, especially if you can say, hey, I need somebody who can work in a two-man or three-man back line. It just makes sense. I don't know. Why, if it's not because he's allowing him to fix his club situation, he's not on this list. Yeah, especially when you think about the amount of center backs that they took, right? Like, that means he's not in your, what, six, seven depth chart? That is that is pretty surprising for a player uh, at the level that he is. Yeah, I mean. Real quick, Kirk, go, Sands go. is there. Tim Reams is like, what, 38, 39, 40? No, he's about 33 years old. Ages. I just don't understand why it can't be a Chris Richards. I understand you want a little maturity there, but it just makes sense to me. Okay, uh, speaking of, of young players, 
Uh, 18-year-old Ricardo Pepe. Let's get to it, Herc. Uh, this story that was exploding during the MLS All-Star game, which you were covering, we had conflicting reports, first out of Mexico that he had chosen Mexico, then out of the United States, specifically from Stu Holden. You heard him at halftime on the uh, English-language broadcast uh, saying that, that Pepe was indeed going to be on the U.S. roster. Really a, a remarkable night and, like, a remarkable rise for this kid to prominence. <laughs> you think? He's 18 years old, man. He's got nine goals in Major League Soccer. We're talking about Bologna, Serie A. We're talking about USA, Mexico. Here's a look at uh, what he posted on social media. I think uh, it was a really long post, and and I think it's definitely worth a read. Uh, What stood out to me, Herc, he talks about living on both sides of the border, which for him, you know, quite literally was true. El Paso, Ciudad Juarez, he, he, he seems to have lived a life early on where he was truly on both sides of the border a lot as a kid. I, I can only imagine that. And he also said he's very proud to, re- to represent the U.S. So we see we see kind of both sides of that. I think um, the bigger question is sporting, right? And is this a call-up that you think is more based on the U.S. desire to lock him up for the future? Or is he actually now not, like a top five forward in this U.S. pool? A little of both. Because I haven't seen him in any of your top fives yet. A little of both. It can be a little of both, Seb. I mean, let's let's be honest. I think Greg Berhalter... I, he, Greg, let's give Greg a lot of credit here, okay? Because we, mm. we love to, you know, point him out when they're not doing things well. Let's also call him out when they're doing things well. Greg Berhalter has gone about it the right way when it's come to these players, these dual nationals. He's let them be. He's nurtured that relationship. He's tried to get the perspective. He's, he's been very, very transparent. Here it is. This is what it is. If you want to be part, we'd love to have you. But at some point, you also have to show not just the player, but the public, the fans, the pundits, like, hey, we're actively going for these players. We, we want them to know they are valued. And in some ways, this is a reward. And this is when you play well, you get rewarded with call-ups. You get rewarded with, with the fame. You get rewarded with all these things, right? Well, this is one of them. If you're asking me he's in the top five right now, I mean, he's 18 years old. He's got nine goals in Major League Soccer. He's putting the ball in the back of the net mm-hmm. regularly. Daryl Dike right now is a guy who's, you can say whatever you want about him being in the top five, not necessarily doing that. Jossie Sardes is out in the mend. I, Josie Altidore is nowhere near in the picture. I, this is a logical choice. It's not, it's not unprecedented for a guy to get hot and all of a sudden find himself on like a World Cup squad. I, I know a guy or two like that. I know a yeah, guy think. or two like that. No, it's true. The U.S. pool is not deep enough that you're going to ignore anybody who's scoring goals anywhere at the forward position. Certainly not with how much we've talked about the desperate need for number nine. Greg Berhalter had what I thought, Herc, was a very baller quote oh, um, yeah? on this. Yeah, it, it just seems like I can see the meme already. The, the sunglasses come down over Berhalter's eyes as you read this quote. We've been talking to Ricardo for much longer than Mexico had been involved. For us, it's not about what Mexico is doing. It's about what we're doing. It is baller. It is baller. You know why it's baller? Don't worry about us. We're doing us. You do you. That's what Mm -hmm. it is. And great, because oftentimes the perception has been that Mexico is quick to cap these kids just to have them, right? Maybe not nurturing them the right way. Maybe not letting them grow. Maybe not letting them earn it. Uh, Jonathan Gonzalez, maybe? Jonathan Gonzalez, you can make mm-hmm. a lot case for a lot of different players. Efrain Alvarez is a fantastic talent, but not really a starter with the LA Galaxy. So, you, you know, you can go there as well. Uh, David Ochoa recently was in the, you know, CONCACAF Nations League final with the U.S. So it, it goes both ways. But this is Greg Berhalter saying, 
We are paying attention to these players. We value these players. We're not worried about Mexico. They're doing you. That is great. I love seeing this. I love that. Because you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Yeah. But you have to try for all. Yeah, but this is a huge win, and it goes very much against the grain, the recent grain of these decisions, right? We had David Ochoa. Yeah. We had Efrain Alvarez. It, it, the reports, if you're going to believe them, are that Julian Araujo is going to join that, that list soon as well. Um, so this very much goes against the grain. And, and I got to be honest, of those names that I just mentioned, this feels like potentially um, the biggest of the lot. Let's talk about it from a Mexican national team perspective, though. Uh, because to me, this seems like when we talk about all of the nines and, and all of the issues that Mexico has at that position, this was a kid they almost had to have. Uh, I don't know about that, Seb. Maybe in the immediate future, if he's tearing it up in Europe, you could say, hey, they should have had him. But right now, you can make a case. Let me just... Funes Mori, okay, mm-hmm. Raul, Raul Jimenez, uh, JJ Macias at Getafe, Alexis Vega, who's going to be European bound right now, Santi Munoz, who's expected to be at Newcastle. That's the heavy rumor from a lot of reporters in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricardo Pepe probably isn't in anybody's orbit right now if you're looking at the other side. Not that that would be specific, but all the other people, all the other press fans, they have no idea who Ricardo Pepe is. So you're saying there's 10, 12, there's 15 Ricardo Pepe's in Mexico just ready that's to exactly go. That's exactly what I said, yes. Yeah? That's what you yeah, got there's just There's that's that exactly, much talent there. That's exactly what I said. Uh, uh, what about this? Direct comparison. Santiago Jimenez, who we saw in the All-Star game last night, or Ricardo Pepe, who are you taking? Right now, who am I taking? Santi Jimenez. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. He's got two years on him. <laughs> who are you taking? No, no, I'm taking Jimenez for sure. Okay. For sure, just based on, on, on Pepe, length of sample size What I love alone. about Ricardo Pepe is his swagger, his confidence, along with that goal-scoring ability. He will grow, grow into that large frame, by the way. And, and worth noting, at his age with the new FIFA rules, um, oh, yeah. the door is not entirely closed um, for a player like Ricardo Pepe. He, he can still uh, be called up in this cycle and, and end up playing for Mexico one day. Who knows? I think we're going to have a lot of cases like that as this rivalry continues to evolve. Let's get to some more news out of Europe. Brendan Aronson. I'll finish this sentence, Herc. Brendan Aronson scores. Yep, yep. (laughs) Again, Brendan Aronson scored. Uh, In Champions League qualifying, no less, as Salzburg advances past Bronby. They are in the group phase. So good competition coming up for him. This is the most productive player the U.S. pool has. The U.S. pool, the most productive player. Out of everybody, he's the most productive. And he happens to be only 20 years of age, and he happens to get better every time we see him. And of course, the big, big payoff again is the ability to play in the Champions League at the highest level. Yet another of a dozen Americans playing uh, in the Champions League this season. I mean, just overjoyment, super happy. I mean, I'm so proud of this team. This is the least we deserve the way we played, and yeah, I couldn't be any happier. So, so happy just to help the team. Like the first, like I, I mean, I'm just I'm lost for words because it's Champions League. It's a it's a boyhood dream, and yeah, I'm just I'm so happy. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's get to it. Last night's action, Major League Soccer, Liga MX. Sir, you were at the game, so help me, uh, help walk me through the highlight here. We're in the 20th minute. Oh. Cabecita. 
Cabecita! You don't want to leave Jonathan Rodriguez open like that. Alex Roldan, he's going to want that one back. Got caught in no man's land. Rodriguez, who was by far one of the best players on the field, takes advantage. So Liga Mekis goes up 1-0 pretty quickly. LAFC connection, Atuesta to Murillo to make it 1-1. Venga, venga, venga. We go to penalties. It had to be penalties, didn't it hurt? Oh. It just had to be penalties between oh. these two. If and it had to be not. that guy again. I know, if, you, if somebody did not need to miss, it was Rogelio Funes Mori. And then Nani, put in the upper V. Oh. Yeah, here is uh, another moment. Oh. Luis Romo, cool as you like. Look how calm Matt Turner, he is. Uh, rarely beaten, but uh, but certainly there it all set up. I mean, you, if you draw, if you wrote the script, they wouldn't believe you. Pepe for the winner. Bang it. <laughs> Herc, post game with the MVP. What a summer for you, huh? Yeah, it's been a good summer. You you think you think yeah. uh, you're undefeated this summer, and it just so happens versus. Mexican teams. Yeah, we'll take that. Uh, as an American soccer player, you'll take that any day of the week. But I think all of us know that the real test is coming up in World Cup qualifying. Before we get to the World Cup qualifying, let's stay here. Let's stay in Major League Soccer. Things got kind of testy. Uh, there were actually some kicks being thrown, a few elbows. What was going on out there? I think you saw a game where, where people really wanted to win. Um, a lot of bragging rights on the line, obviously. And, you know, as soon as that first tackle went, you knew it was going to be a game. You know, I think the first 10 minutes were a little touchy-feely. People were sort of feeling out the vibe. But as soon as the crowd got into the game, as soon as those tackles started flying, the intensity picked up, and it was just a lot of fun to be a part of. All right, Herc, let's do a all-star edition, good, bad, and ugly. You were at the game, but I think it definitely came across on television. Both teams took this very, very seriously. What was it like there on the field? Too serious. It was insane. I spoke to Liga Mekis players that I know. They were telling me they were watching video of the MLS team, of the players. They had video analysis for an all-star game. Also, hmm. I heard from multiple MLS All-Stars that our boy Rodolfo Pizarro was getting abused in the tunnel. A little context, he said that MLS was going to win 4-2. Liga Mekis players, they didn't like that. They came up to him in the tunnel like, hey, I thought you guys were going to score four on us. And when he went on the field, a lot of kicks, a lot of elbows. You see Luis Romo, Sebastian Legette, a little US versus L3 action going on right there. They did not like each other. A lot of pride being played in this game. So, so some ugly stuff then ends up in the good. Let me ask you another thing. Anytime that you're at an all-star game, there's always, like any big game, MLS Cup, kind of, kind of a rumor mill un, under, under everything. Uh, always. And I wonder what you heard out there. You, you're very plugged in with your ear to the streets. What, what did you come up with? Take this with a grain of salt, okay? Because uh -huh, uh -huh. pundits, owners, players, everybody talks. I heard everything from M.O. Choa's going to LAFC. I heard everything from Carlos Vela may not play again this year. I heard Orbelin Pineda to the Chicago Fire for $13 million. I had Mexican players on the Liga MX All-Star team telling me they had heard that Ricardo Pepe was going to play with the Mexican national. So take mm. care of all this with a grain of salt. But it's crazy what you will hear at MLS All-Star. It's an event, mm. it's a party, people talk. Some of this may have no basis, no foundation, but crazy things being said at these things. Hercules, Scoop Gomez, there you are. You heard it here say what first you on Football say, Everybody put all of that stuff out on Twitter, not Herc. I'm sure he'll love to, uh, love to discuss it. Let's get to the bad, the bad Herc of this game. 
where were the stars? It's an all-star game. Where were they? Novela. No Chicharito. No, he was there. I shouldn't. We shouldn't say no. They didn't play. No Gignac. You're not happy with this. You're not happy. No, I'm disappointed. I mean, I, I don't know how, how you can have this kind of game with no Chicharito, with no Vela, with no Gignac, especially, Herc, just in light of how few stars the league has. Yeah. If you had a okay. if you had a Slatan, if you had a Rooney, if you had uh, Pirlo, if you had Drogba, if you had some of those names still around, which MLS doesn't have anymore, for better or worse, uh, you could still sell this game outside of a very small niche of a mer- very small niche. But I think without Chicharito, Vela, and Gignac, you, you really miss what this whole game was supposed to be about, if we're being honest. Well, if, if you want to say a celebration of both leagues' figures or stars is a, mm-hmm. is a miss mm-hmm. because there's no Slata, no Rooney, no Vela, or I'm sorry, Vela, Chicharito, or Pirlo, Drogba, whatever you want. What's the other side of that coin? Why aren't there these players anymore? Because Major League Soccer, in general, is focusing on younger signings. It's focusing on the Miguel Almiron so they can sell them, the Joseph Martinez, the Diego Rossi's, um, being the stars of this league. That's the other this side of that coin. This isn't the transfer game. This is the all-star game. This I did. I did three hour. I did a three hour show, Sports Center Picante, pre and post yesterday. Just because it wasn't in mm-hmm. English doesn't mean there's no attention on this game. There was a pretty full. I would say full crowd in LA mm-hmm. midweek for an exhibition game. I mean, it, it, it's crazy to me how much. And the star power is different because Liga Mekis is king in the United States. The most viewed league here isn't the Premier League, isn't the Champions League. It's Liga Mekis, and every day you see. More players that used to play in Liga Mekis now in Major League Soccer. Those stars, that star power coming over here. So the star power is different. I know what you mean. The global star. Where is that mm-hmm. Slatan? Where is that Wayne Rooney? The guy who cuts through the noise. The guy that gets you on it just Sports so Center in English. That they're the guy Mexican that gets you today. on Jimmy Kimmel. All of that oh, stuff. I saw, that I saw Chicharito on Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. All right. That's one. And did he play? Oh, what do you want him to do? No. He's injured. That's okay. another thing. I mean, okay. got to stay healthy. Fair Who's enough. Fault is Let's get to the ugly. Uh, the ugly was that in Los Angeles, we once again heard the homophobic champ directed uh, at goalies. I'm supposed to ask you if you're surprised, Turk, but I can't imagine that you would be. This is, I'm a little surprised. This is a midweek exhibition all-star game. Like, really, it's just so embarrassing. It, it really is embarrassing because I'm getting this crazy divide of people. You know, my timeline with people in Latin America, in Mexico, saying, well, that's just the Mexicans in the United States. This only happens in the States. No, this started out in a, in a U23 Olympic qualification in Guadalajara. And then we heard it, you know, week one of the Mexican League. And pretty soon, and I'm already starting to see it online, it's, it's the Mexico fans. It's the mm. Mexicans. This is embarrassing because they're going to paint us all on the same brush. And as a Mexican-American, this really hurts. It's, it's embarrassing. It's infuriating. Pena ajena is the word in Spanish. My producer and I sat next to each other and we looked at each other like, this is just, get pena ajena, like, get pena. How embarrassing is this? You, um, you, you saw there the stoppage, like, right around the 11th, 12th minute. Did you hear it again after that? You were in the stadium. I like, heard you, it again loud there. and clear. Must have yeah. been minute 87. What was it done? Mm. Nothing. Let's go. Let's just get this over with. Let's go. That's what, it, that's yeah. what the mindset was. Disappointing on a lot of perspectives. A, a disappointing summer, really, from the perspective of Mexican football, right? Um, you have the Gold Cup, you have the Nations League, you have now this defeat in, in the MLS All-Star Game. I guess how disappointing, really, you have to measure by what the reaction is south 
And I know that you know this well because you're on ESPN Deportes like literally all day. So um, are they are they connecting the dots from from like this defeat to Nations League to Gold Cup and and, and drawing it all all together? We're dissecting the why, the how it happened. How do we get here? Where can we go from here? Why are we 0-3? Mm. There are many people that's going to say, it's just an exhibition game. <laughs> Trust me, this was crazy. The pundits, they're not taking this well. The fans aren't taking this well. There are a lot of people who say, you know what, it doesn't matter. And they're right. A lot of this won't matter. But this is something, Seb. That's three competitions. That's a CONCACAF Nations League final. That's a Gold Cup final. And now you could say the two leagues because Mexican pundits, Mexican fans, everybody south mm-hmm. of the border, when they think of Major League Soccer, they equate it to the U.S. men's national team. So this to them is another loss. 0-3 is what they're saying. June, July, and August swept is what they're saying. If we're counting all of this as USA versus Mexico, will we also count like Champions League? Will oh, we also CONCACAF Champions League? Of will course. we also count Leagues Cup? Of course. Okay, so but that's very why, quickly that's then, why the people, it could be that's a, why the a two people to on three. this side aren't saying like, hey, we own you. Look how dominant we are because they know. But when a league, when a region is so dominant and slowly starts losing that grip they had, it gets a little insecure and you're starting to see yeah. the comments come out. And, and, and it's funny how all of these have a common thread. And that is a common thread that is a boogeyman, a ghost in Mexican soccer. The penalty kick. The penalty kick the always... Set piece, right? Yeah, no, just the, the penalties. Just the, just the act that is penalties uh, kind of combines everything. One more bit of news, because you were, you were scoop earlier. Uh, one thing that you didn't mention out of the All-Star game was a bit of transfer news. It is still what? A week left in the transfer window before uh, players could, could stop moving to Europe. I think September 1st pretty much closes all the windows. Tejon Buchanan of the New England Revolution for $7 million. Her big move there uh, for one of the star young players of MLS. Massive move. Uh, Bruce Arena with another player, young player. This Bruce Arena is one of the guys that gave Clint Dempsey a shot. He sees something in players and he lets them be. Just like Clint Dempsey used to, well, I'll let you finish that. Do uh, brown emoji is what Bruce Arena would say <laughs> that Clint Dempsey uh, does. Tejon is the he same way. He tries it. He tries it. Let him be. He lets him be. He lets him be creative. And this is a very exciting player. Canada's got a good one. Be playing in the uh, Belgian, Belgian lead with Club Brugge. So a big move there. And good for the Revs. Uh, not a team maybe known for exporting talent, but uh, certainly they, they get a big name out here. And, and they get to keep some of his uh, future sell-on should he be sold to a bigger club. All right, more uh, MLS. We got, what, a Friday doubleheader? It is still rivalry rivalry week. Say that three times fast. <laughs> you got the Hell, Hell is Real Derby, Columbus Crew and SC Cincinnati. And then we got Orlando City and Inter-Miami and all Florida affair there in the Sunshine State. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The big story here, Diego Lainez is back with Real Betis. Of course, back after a long, long summer, not just Gold Cup, but Olympics uh, as well. He won't be available this weekend. Kind of a bummer for a big game against 
Real Madrid, nevertheless, uh, coming off the bronze medal, he should have plenty momentum heading into the season. Here he is with a sit-down on his summer and his upcoming campaign. Sí, fue un verano muy bonito porque acabamos bien con el equipo, el, lo que queríamos, el objetivo que planteamos desde el principio lo conseguimos y sirvió también para ir feliz y motivado a la selección, hacer las cosas bien en dos torneos distintos y en amistosos y la verdad que fue un verano lleno de cosas importantes, de logros muy bonitos y que me motivan a seguir dando más esta temporada. ¿Te das cuenta del crecimiento de, de Diego Laines? Llegaste aquí hace ya algunos años, chaval, eres joven todavía, pero ¿cómo vas creciendo, cómo vas ganando en todo? Eh? Sí, claro, eh, desde el, un poco del papel en el equipo que cada vez va creciendo más. El año pasado fue muy bueno y me tocó participar mucho y ser parte importante del logro que conseguimos también. Y bueno, eso se refleja también en, en la selección y en todos los demás torneos, que es algo muy importante para mí. Vaya responsabilidad, ¿no, Diego? El hecho de que el seleccionador de la absoluta, el Tata Martino, diga que, que, bueno, que pese a tus 21 años, que no eres un jugador de futuro, que eres un jugador de presente. Sí, bueno, la verdad que es un orgullo que el Tata se exprese de esa manera de mí. Yo estoy muy agradecido con él, la confianza que me ha dado en estos, eh, las últimas concentraciones hemos estado más cercanos, he recibido consejos de él que me han ayudado mucho, eh, no solo en el aspecto con la selección, sino también que me han ayudado aquí en el Betis. Y bueno, estoy feliz por ese lado y a seguir tratando de dar lo mejor de mí para que sigan viniendo estas cosas. El personal espera mucho de ti también, tú lo sabes, ya no eres sí. un niño, es decir, vienes sí, a ganar sí. una medalla, el seleccionador de México habla de que eres ya, un, no un proyecto, sino un jugador hecho y derecho, y el Bético también espera que sea el año definitivo de la INES, ya te he demostrado que tienes calidad de sobra. Sí, claro, eh, yo voy a seguir demostrando, haciendo las cosas bien como le hice el torneo pasado, y sin duda alguna que tiene que ser un año muy importante para mí también. ¿Y del tobillo cómo andamos? ¿Cómo está la cosa? Del tobillo bien, todavía me queda, no sé, una semana, un poquito más de recuperación para ver si ya puedo estar listo y una vez que se dé el alta, pues a, a darle y a estar metido 100% con el equipo. ¿Te llegaste a, pre a preocupar eh, cuando caes lesionado? ¿Vimos imágenes? Sí, la verdad que sí, más si ves el tobillo izquierdo, uh. ahí se ve una bola. Nunca se me había puesto así tan hinchado el tobillo, la verdad, me, lo primero que pensé, dije, era el último partido, tenía ya en nada que estar con el equipo para iniciar una temporada nueva llegando lo mejor, pero bueno, eh, son cosas que pasan en el fútbol, toca recuperar, estar de la mejor manera, trabajando fuerte para regresar y estar al 100% dando lo mejor de mí. Llevamos dos partidos de liga, Diego, dos empates, Mallorca y Cádiz, ahora llega el Madrid. Sí, ahora llega Madrid, un, un rival muy fuerte, pero que hemos demostrado también eh, en los últimos años que es un rival al que le competimos muy bien porque este equipo cada vez tiene más calidad y siempre lo ha demostrado eh, tanto por nombres, tanto como equipo, como hemos jugado toda la temporada pasada. Y bueno, yo creo que puede ser un resultado positivo para nosotros este fin de semana, también respetando lo que es el Madrid, pero nosotros somos un buen equipo también. So there it is, Betis Real Madrid on ESPN Plus, Saturday 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 12.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific, no Diego Linus, but uh, a chance to see his Betis team in action.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What a couple days of soccer in Los Angeles, huh? We got the Galaxy and LAFC, another version of El Tráfico coming this Saturday. Of course, no chicharito, no vela in this for, uh, for either of the teams. The two big stars are out. And Herc talked to guys from both sides of the rivalry uh, at the All-Star game. Huge game, but both teams are kind of in a slump. They kind of need a pick-me-up. What can this game do to the team that wins? I think this is this is all about a shift in momentum, you know, for, for both teams. You know, it can, it can really push us to, to where we want to be as far as up in that table, keep pushing for the number one spot, and for them, just give them a, a huge boost. Uh, you know, it's the same, but maybe we're at the, uh, a different places. But uh, I think overall, it's just going to always, it's always a great game, always a skillful game. There's a lot, you know, both sides have great players. And, uh, of course, it's for the fans, it's, it's an amazing for the city. It's a city of stars, and it's a game that's always full of stars, but two stars, probably the biggest stars in Major League Soccer, won't be available. Carlos Vela, Javier Hernandez. Now, Javier is in a race against time to actually get back and get fit. Due to this rule that you can't play in the MLS All-Star game, you don't play in the next game, he won't be available. Can you share your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I mean, it's obviously unfortunate that, you know, he picked up an injury early on and, or, you know, uh, uh, about a month ago and he just, you know, he just can't get there yet. And if he's not ready, he's not ready. And we have, you know, we have to support him on that. But obviously we know his qualities and once he's back in, we know he's going to, he's going to give us that extra boost that we need. And but hopefully we can do it without him on Saturday. Both teams have been struggling. Talk to me about the mindset heading into a big match like this. Yeah, so you know we came off a uh, 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 we came off a, a loss and we, we lost against uh, San Jose. But you know we, we have our mindset switched around to El Tráfico. We know what this game is. We know what it means, and you know it, it's it's a game for the city. And we know we want to win it. Uh, we know what we have to do, and um, we're, we're we've started training. And you know I'm, I'm gonna focus on on the game tomorrow with the, with the All Star team, and then after that back to back to the Galaxy and the focus ¿Qué hace tan especial este partido? Eh, yo pienso que la tradición futbolera de Los Ángeles, eh, pienso que la rivalidad que se ha dado estos últimos años, el buen fútbol que hemos mostrado nosotros desde que empezamos hace nuestra corta historia y, y esos grandes partidos que hemos, que hemos tenido entre nosotros, pienso que eso al fan lo... Lo, lo cautivó, lo, lo, lo atrae mucho hacia este partido y siempre, siempre, siempre es cuota de buen fútbol, siempre es cuota de muchos goles y espero que, que vuelva a ser así. So her Galaxy in fourth heading into this game, LAFC in ninth below the playoff line out in the Western Conference. Who do you think needs it more? <laughs> Without a doubt, LAFC. I mean, Galaxy, they've got a lot of good built equity. Greg Vanning, what he's mm -hmm. been able to do with that team, the turnaround with Chicharito Hernandez. You look at the other side, I mean, LAFC is winless in the last seven. They've dropped eight, they dropped, excuse me, points in eight of the home games this season. Uh, this is a team right now that doesn't look too confident. Maybe they've been playing well, not getting games, not getting results, but. Needless to say, you're not getting results, and you're in LAFC where it used to be a home fortress.
Is Bob Bradley under any real pressure here, Herc? Because we saw the reporting in The Athletic that he is in the last year of his contract at LAFC. Things are going south in a hurry. Is there real pressure? No, I don't think there's real pressure on him. I don't think John Thornton's going to put that, that type of pressure on him. And, and quite frankly, if you look at what LAFC has done and how Bob Bradley has this the success he's had in Major League Soccer, he's one of the winningest coaches in Major League Soccer, I think it'll take a lot for something to happen with Bob Bradley. Uh, you know who else is in a contract year? We found out more of the news uh, that was falling out from the All-Star game. Carlos Vela. Uh, some interesting comments in a sit-down interview with Tudene right there uh, at Bank of California Stadium saying he could see potentially a return to Europe. What do you think? Is this the beginning of the end of Carlos Vela at LAFC? I don't think Carlos Vela is in an LAFC jersey next season. He's hmm. 32 years old in the last year and a half. Since last season, he's played tw- or he started excuse me, excuse me, 22 games. Nine goals, five assists. For a guy who's making $6.3 million, I mean, he hasn't been healthy enough to stay on the field. He didn't play an MLS's back. It's already two injury, injury last season, two injuries this season. Uh, we don't know when he will come back this season. I just don't see Carlos Vela accepting less money, accepting hmm. half that if he can go elsewhere. And I don't see LAFC right now thinking he's going to be worth it if it's going to be another $6 million or $4 million or even $3 million. He mentioned Europe. I would think a return to Mexico would be far more likely. I I don't see a return to Europe at this age. Would you see that? Depends on the level. I could see a return to Europe depending on the level. But would he want to go to a level and take a salary that wasn't what he's getting or anywhere near it at LAFC? You have to remember his his wife is a Spanish national. Uh, He doesn't strike me as a type that would want to deal with the Mexican media, would want Mm. to deal with the scrutiny, would want to deal with the paparazzi-like lifestyle. He could probably be happy playing at a decent level, and be back home with his wife, a place that he considers home, or who knows, somewhere in Spain. Honestly, I could see this happening, but I can't see another $6 million a year. I do really don't see him in Mexican soccer. I don't think he's about that right now. I also I really don't see him in an LAFC uniform next season. The Champions League draw is out. So headlines right there, Group A, Manchester City, PSG, of course, the asterisk there that Ronaldo to Man City looks like it could happen. Jesse Marsh's Leipzig in that group. Group B, I don't know, do we call it the group of death or the toughest group? Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, Porto, uh, and AC Milan. Porto and AC Milan, two teams uh, that could be tied via Tecatito, depending on what happens in the coming days. Uh, maybe most pertinent to a U.S. fan standpoint is Chelsea and Juventus in the same group, Herc. So we're going to get a there we go. Weston McKinney. Christian Pulisic showdown, maybe, depending on what happens again in the last week of the transfer window. Yeah, Weston McKinney, heavily rumored. A lot of teams are interested. There's, uh, they're saying that Juve will only loan him out. We'll see what happens there. But how can you not say that Group A is a group of death? If you're in a group with City and PSG, you're dead. Yeah, yep. Even, even for a semifinalist like Leipzig, even with an American manager like Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh. Tyler Adams, Tejan Buchanan, and Kaylor Navas. What do they all have in common? Group A! That's Mm -hmm. what they have in common. Wow, this is insane. Uh, You mentioned McKinney. The first link was to Premier League with Everton. Latest it's been to Spurs, which makes sense because Paratici was the sporting director at Juve before he came to Tottenham, so should know him. Let's throw some more kindling on that fire. Let's throw some more kindling on that fire. Hopefully he doesn't go to Spurs. I'd like him to win something this season. Okay. Um, Jesse Marsh. In that, uh, in that group with PSG and Manchester City. Bad news because the odds will be stacked against him. But from another perspective, great opportunity to showcase his talent. Both of them. 
Tyler Adams, Jesse Marsh. I mean, think about where Jesse Marsh kind of exploded onto the scene in Europe. It was Austria. It was sorry. It was uh, Salzburg versus Salzburg, yeah. versus Liverpool. And you brought it up in the rundown meeting when I said that that great video, like the halftime of the pregame video of him talking, hyping up his team. It made waves around the English-speaking world. People were talking about Jesse Marsh as a coach, and then he does well in Austria. Now he's on mm-hmm. the map. Another thing, if you can get results against. PSG with the potential Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi get results versus versus the likes of a, a Man City. It's it's going to be great for Jesse Marsh and the flag that he's waving. Yeah, I'm more interested in the coaching matchups, right? Because if he gets a result, then it's easily that you know you know the headline the next day, right? Jesse Marsh out outclasses Pep, and then yeah. boom, there you've got it. Now outclasses he's a high coaching Pochettino. candidate, hotter than he is. Um, already, you'd say, at, at RB Leipzig. All right, what else we got? Oh, we got, uh, we got the reaction. Because, you know, you want to be in the group with the... We don't have the reaction. All right, there was some great reaction from Tyler Adams. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm you better to have the reaction, Shabby. If you don't have the reaction, <laughs> I'm going to be upset because the reaction well, is gold. No, because... So the reaction is from Tyler Adams, right? Because you're looking and everybody's looking to see as their team's uh, group draw comes out. Do we, do we, you know, have a chance? Here it is. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I wonder which, was that one PSG? Was that after PSG? Was that after City? The face says it all, right? The face says it all. My mans. Is he not really, though? Like, obviously, he's excited, too, right? I mean, no, that's I what you dream of, I don't right? Think this is, I don't think this is, like, yeah. dire. Like, oh, Negative, no, look right? at us. Like, poor us. I think this is, I get the ball against Messi. Yes. I get the ball yeah, against Cristiano. Especially with Tyler Adams, right? Especially Absolutely. With like this that. kid's always up for the challenge. Captain, oh, my captain. Yep, yep. Uh, should be some good matchups there. Should be some good matchups there. We know Jesse Marsh. He likes to play good soccer. So, uh, so expect to see it there in the Champions League. All right, that does it for this edition of Football Americas. We should know we had a great, a great interview with Julian Green. It was like 20 minutes long. So we're going to start doing this on the podcast. Exclusive content on the pod. So you'll get the full Julian Green interview on the podcast, which, again, you can find in the ESPN FC feed. And you'll get like a six, seven-minute version of the Julian Green interview uh, here on the show on Monday as we recap uh, all things Bundesliga and USMNT with him. Herc, what you got there? You got there? Who are you wearing? You know who this is? Il Divino Covino. Codino. Codino. Baggio. Old, old colleagues. <laughs>